Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie. Andrew and Dave. All right, I got the uh, little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you what. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the... Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Hey, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious. Got a little bit of chip on your shoulder, huh? You gotta get, cut people down all the time. Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot her out. <laughs> all right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's that time of week again where we're on Twitter Spaces. We do this every Wednesday or Thursday, depending on schedules and Saints news and other things. As always, we are brought to you by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. They are a longtime supporter of the program. You should support them because they support us. JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. Go there. Use the code Saints Happy Hour to get 10% off at JLDSharpSauce.com. Andrew! Thought of a great topic tonight. As we are two weeks away from Saints training camp, and we are counting down the days, but Andrew thought of a great topic. This is a great topic. Is who is more likely to win a title first? The Saints, the Pelicans, or LSU? And Andrew, I thought about this a bunch of different ways, and I'm kind of torn because I think there's a I think you can make a great case for any of the three, which is a pretty cool place to be if you are a Louisiana sports fan. Well, LSU football, I think it, you know, the, the allure of Brian Kelly 
some of the moves they've made in recruiting, they're starting to trend in the right direction, but they've got a ways to go. No, well, here's you know? the thing. Here's the thing, though, with LSU football, they might have. You might think, oh, they have a ways to go, but they have won a national championship with their last three head coaches, and two of them, one of them was a Cajun crazy person, and the other one was Les Miles. So, like, LSU has built-in structural things that make winning a title easier than other places, and they've proven the coach, in certain circumstances, doesn't even really matter. Like, I mean, it's it's true. Like, Ed Ogeron won a national title and assembled the greatest college football team in the history of the sport. Like, true. So, like, true. I, but I, I, that, that's not really an argument for the, that it's going to be the same with Brian Kelly. I, I, I think Brian Kelly is going to have more sustained success at LSU, maybe even than Miles had. You know, I, I think he's mm-hmm. going to establish a program and build a culture where they're going to be able to win season in, season out. But is LSU good enough? I mean, you, you still got to deal with Alabama. I mean, who, yeah. who knows? Maybe Trent Clemson's finally starting to trend in a different direction. But I, I just feel like you're still going to deal with teams that are – Texas A&M is going to be a force with this new NIL and just the amount of recruiting that they've been able to do. And they still have, in Jimbo, a good coach. So – I think the landscape in college football, like, is it's also a little bit wide open in the sense that, like, who's going to adapt the best to the new landscape of the right. NIL? Yeah, and, just... and, there, and there's a there's a whole lot of unknowns. Whereas I think the Saints and the Pels are on more solid footing in the sense that, like, well, you look at the Pels, right? You've got Zion, you've got C.J. McCollum, who's finally like the elderly statesman, <laughs> the guy that kind of drives the engine in terms of the culture and holding guys accountable, being someone that people respect and look up to. You've got another superstar in Brandon Ingram, and then you've got these pieces, you know, around those guys. You've got Herb Jones. You've got Trey Murphy. You've got, you know, the center whose name I'm blanking on right now. So I'm sorry, I'm not a Pelicans podcaster. What do you want from me? Yeah, Valanchunas. Yeah, Valanchunas, yeah. So Jonas Valanchunas. So uh, I I just feel like the Pels – the closest to being really good, but I don't know that they're title ready. And there's still a question in my mind, like, will they ever be? Yeah. And with, with the Saints, it's all up to Jameis. I, I think defensively, they're good enough to win. They, their defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl right now. And I just think with the Saints, it all hinges on how good Jameis can be. Yeah, I mean, I kind of would. Write... But the thing is, if he if, if Jameis sucks, so I'll, I'll finish that thought. If Jameis can't get it done, then the Saints are kind of in no man's land. Yeah, I think the Pelicans they won't be in no man's land because the thing is with the Pelicans, they've shown we know they're going to be good because they if they if Brandon Ingram or Zion if one of them is healthy they're good if both of them are healthy they're freaking great. Uh, yeah. Can can they win a title? That's hard because the thing in the NBA, in the NBA, those that playoff, it's grinding. It's you know, it's it's what is it? One, two, three, four series. You got to win seven games, and you look this year. You know, Phoenix, they had injury issues. They almost lost to the Pels. The Bucks, they lose Chris Middleton. Boom, they get put out. But 
I want to make the case, starting with the Saints, uh, in that I think the Saints, their window is a little shorter. Like, the defense is a little older. We don't know about Jameis. But I think you can make a pretty strong case. They have a good path to win a title because the NFC is wide open. Like That's right. You the Rams, their offensive line is not it's 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 worse than it was last year. Allen Robinson was kind of bad with the There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Bears, I know people, they signed him and people think he's good and that sort of thing. But they would have dropped interception away from not going to the Super Bowl. There's a, I think there is a legit chance in the NFC that a 12 and 5 team is the number 1 seed or you know and yeah i mean i don't know how the regular season goes but i i think this is what you're getting at and i agree with it i i just think when you look at the teams and you look at what's out there even if a team goes 14 and 3 and they just crush it in the regular season I don't know that I believe in them enough to think that they can't be had in the playoffs. Yeah, like if the if the Packers if the Packers went fourteen and three, or fifteen and two, whatever, and the Saints went ten and seven and won the South because Brady got got old finally, and they won a playoff game, and they went to Green Bay and they were playing the fourteen and three or fifteen and two Packers, would we expect the Saints to win? No. Would we be scared of the Packers? No, we'd be like the Packers have been churning out 13 win seasons four years in a row and they haven't won a Super Bowl. We're going to do to them what San Francisco did to them, what Tampa did to them. So, like, I just look at the NFC and it's wide open. And you got Dallas, they're going to regress a little bit. Mike McCarthy is going to get fired in the sun and Sean Payton's going to be coaching there. Do you believe in Jalen Hurts, even though the Eagles have a great roster? I really don't. So I just see there's a path. It, it hinges on Jameis. The thing that I really like about Jameis is he 
he could play him out of a playoff game, and you could be as frustrated with him if you're an old head um, as Bobby Bear in the 90s, or he could win him a Super Bowl. Like, he could go Eli and, and do that. So that's that's exciting. Um, but I think, Andrew, if you, if you put a gun to my head and you said, who's going to win a title the next three years, I think I would bet the Pelicans just because Zion, when he's healthy, is just a force of nature and a freak. And... When when is that, Ralph? When is he healthy? Well, he was healthy two years ago. He played sixty games, right? He's played one yeah. And, and like I, when he was healthy, know, he wasn't really good. He was like historically destroying people. No, I agree. And by the way, do I sound okay? You sound okay. Just yeah, you sound okay. Okay, okay. So no, I, I'm with you. I, I do think. Look, the Pelicans are the safest bet here. I, I think long term. I would argue that LSU football has the biggest potential because in this NIL landscape, like if LSU, we know they've got the boosters. We know they've got people that support the program. Well, they're so a like, blue chip stock. They're, of, of, right. of all these, the, the LSU, since they've had Nick Saban, has been tremendous and has been an elite program. So like That's right. LSU might be down right now, but they're like a blue chip Stock and if you bet on Brian Kelly, like you're it's sort of like you're betting on IBM, you're betting on Exxon, you're betting on Amazon, you're betting on a blue chip stock, and you're like it's not there now. But I I just think in college football the rich are going to get richer, and there's going to be uh, the, the way things are now there are going to there's going to be a greater margin between marginalized programs oh, and the like, elite ones, and and even like the good programs and the great ones, I think there's going to be a big divide between those. So oh, I, I, I I think long term. It's probably LSU has the most potential as long as Brian Kelly can continue to build and stay on the straight and narrow and all that. But, but right now, the safest bet, you know, this this upcoming season, the next few years, I would say is so not long term. You know, no, over the next, you know, in the recent future, near future, I, I would put the Pelicans as the safest bet because, like you said, we know they're going to be good. We know they're going to be good, but. Here's the thing that I keep coming back to, Ralph, and maybe it's just me as a diehard Saints fan. Like, I want to believe it so bad that I'm just convincing myself, and I'm, maybe I'm delusional. <laughs> but I just I can't help but shake this feeling that maybe the Saints aren't as good this year, but as you said, the NFC is a little bit weaker, and if they can just get in the playoffs, man, they're due for, for, a, for a year where it's like, the Titans making the AFC championship. Yeah. We're like, the, the, you know, where it's like, they're not one of the best teams in the conference, but like, you know, they, they the team they're playing in the playoffs, like botches the last second yeah. field goal and they, they right. sneak out. Like the saints are due for like some horseshit playoff wins. They didn't deserve. And I, I just like, you know, when, when Mark Sanchez went to the AFC championship, yeah. like they're due for a run like that. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why not this year when the NFC – the conference is weaker than it's ever been? Why not – like I'm making this up. But why not go to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, like his hammy gets tight and they knock off the Packers on the road. And all of a sudden they're hosting the NFC Championship game and they knock off some – they knock off the Rams. And then they're in the Super Bowl and like Jameis hasn't even been that good except he just kind of got hot at the end and the defense is playing amazing. And why not? Like, why? Like, I can't yeah. help but shake this feeling that, like, just when we think they're not good enough to do it, the stars align. Yeah, and the the thing is, that would be, 
an, a hilarious year of like the Saints go ten and seven, and Jameis is like the the twelfth best quarterback, and then for I, I would I would sign up for that right now. For, the and then for four weeks, he's like. He looks exactly like the player that Tampa thought they were getting when they picked him number one. And then we can argue all off season: is he elite, and should the Saints pay him forty million dollars because he's got a Lombardi Trophy? I would sign up for that right now, dude. I, I, all I can tell you is that I watched in the nineties damn good Saints teams with the best defense in the league and a pretty good offense that could run the ball and the best kicker in the league. That was, you know, at the time felt automatic on field goals. And I watched them botch playoff games at home that they absolutely should have won. And they were far superior to the teams that they were playing. Right. I I watched that happen and it gutted me. And then in 2000, I watched a Rams team that was far superior to an injury decimated Saints team. Far superior. The Saints had no business winning that game. And I watched Aaron Brooks, who by all accounts was a mediocre quarterback, at, at times great, at times bad. I would say overall maybe it it, it, it shook out. Maybe Aaron, you'd call Aaron Brooks like a uh, – he ran hot and cold. But I watched him in that playoff game catch fire and absolutely will a team full of backups to a win. They lost Joe Horn in the first play. And now, he still look, set the Rams I, on fire. Dude, dude he, he was throwing passes to Chad Morton. Okay? Robert Ricky Wilson. Williams was out. Yeah. With so, a bro- Robert Wilson with a broken hand, by the way, caught two touchdowns. Just- that's right. So <laughs> I, 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 with, with, a, with a cast of characters that honestly wasn't that much worse than the Saints receiving core this past season. I mean, he, he was thrown to the likes of dudes like Kevin White and Kenny Stills. The only difference is those dudes were actually catching the ball. But... <laughs> I watched Aaron Brooks will the Saints to a playoff win. When and, and again, the Rams were better. They really had no business winning that game, no. and they they did. And, and, and so I go back to that experience, and then I think back to like all the Bobby Aver games that like they should have won and didn't. And I'm thinking, could this be like I, I don't know if you? I'm really dating myself now, but I remember Peyton Manning. Every year in college when he was at Tennessee, failing to beat F- Florida. And that That's the right. reason Charles Woodson – Charles Woodson had no business winning a Heisman. He had no – like Peyton Manning should have won a Heisman over Charles Woodson. I'm sorry. It wasn't even close. But Peyton Manning's albatross, like the elephant in the room, was always can he beat Florida. And he never did during his, his entire four years at Tennessee. He never beat Florida. And the Heisman voters held that against them. They were yeah. like, how can he be the best player? Like, it really came down to that. If you can't beat Florida, you're not my husband. And they, they so it, 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 he couldn't beat Florida. And they just had this – if you're, you're probably listening to this, you might not even remember. They had this momentum of, like, the media – Wanting to give the Heisman to a defensive player, yeah, and yes. done it, in. and they and Char- I mean, Charles Woodson was ridiculous. He was and, awesome. Like, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not no. trying, to, but like Pey- Peyton Manning was like at the time he was like the best college football quarterback we had ever seen. Yeah, I mean, he's breaking all the records. I mean, he was rid- and, and and rightfully so. Like he he became one of the best quarterbacks the NFL ever saw. Right, yeah. so he he was ridiculous. But my point here is, I watched Peyton Manning fail to win the Heisman. I watched him like 
the best quarterback ever. Those Tennessee teams were ridiculous. I watched them fail to beat Florida mm-hmm. four years in a row. And then as soon as Peyton Manning got picked first overall and graduated, T. Martin was the quarterback of the Tennessee. <laughs> right, by by right. far inferior. Never, <laughs> never had an NFL career. Never did anything in the league. But you know what he did? He beat Florida and he won a national championship. That's, right. That's what he did at Tennessee. And so sometimes, man, like I know Drew's gone. I know like the you know the stocks for the Saints is lower. And if you look at the pundits, they're they're not taking the Saints that seriously. You have a few guys that might say, yeah, you know, the Saints have a decent roster, but Jameis isn't that good or whatever. But like I'm telling you, man, sometimes like it, it a lot of this is about staying healthy. A lot of it is about luck. And if things – I still think this roster is really good. Mm-hmm. And I just think the Saints can sneak up on some people because the NFC is weaker and just, people aren't taking them that seriously. Yeah, and listen, it – that's, that's what happened with Tennessee, Ralph. That's how they won oh, a national championship with T. Martin. They – that Tennessee team won a bunch of like weird games and and it just – like you said, it just it, – it all it all sort of came together. And it, the, the Saints – like you said, they've had bad. You know, you talk about the the playoff games in the '90s. They've had bad luck with 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 recently, and playoffs. It really is a sense of there's a lot of luck involved. Not even talking about the no call in 2018. The Saints play that game. Ben Watson can't play because he's got appendicitis. Josh Hill gets concussed. Right and. Not only do they have a guy drop the ball in a touchdown in the back of the end zone, but they couldn't run the ball because they're tight. Like the Rams just – they couldn't – the Saints couldn't set the edge at all for running him. And like in a game where that was that close, like Josh Hill or Ben Watson, like it probably would have made a difference. Like so all these things that that happen for luck in in NFL games because it's one and done – but we want I want people's opinion that we got we got Bud Rich and uh, I see CD in here uh, Shandy give us I want your opinion on who you think is going to win a title first and also who would be the most fun ridiculous one I'm Bob we're Bob me and Andrew I think are biased because we're so Saints heavy uh, Jameis winning a title I think would be hysterical because Jameis. As he's come to the Saints in his end time in Tampa, he leans into the goofiness. So if the Saints are winning and Jameis is playing well, Andrew, I think Jameis will lean into his goofiness and that will ramp up the fun. Like he didn't really start to lean into it too much. Right as he was starting to, he got hurt. So the Saints could be off the charts hysterical fun if i just feel like if he's excited and he's handed the lombardi trophy and he's all (laughs) juiced up from having won like and you give him you give him a mic and he's got to do an acceptance speech i mean who knows what's coming out of that guy's mouth yeah like nothing nothing offensive just unintentional no i'm I'm just saying like i mean eat the w on steroids kind of deal (laughs) you know i mean it would be highly entertaining I, i would be here for it i'm just saying I would too. Um, I have to say, do, do, right now, you know, we don't know how the season's going to go, and we don't. But right now, when you look, Saints, Pelicans, LSU, even Tulane—they're not going to win a title, win a national title. But Willie Fritz—they've been in the Bulls. 
I think this stop, is a, stop, stop, stop it with that tool and stop. We, Just stop. But sports wise in Louisiana, I think we're in a really good place, aren't we? Like, there's. Uh, I mean, I don't know that, like, you know, 2009, the Saints won the Super Bowl, and, and what else? You won the national title in 2007. So, yeah. well, that happened like two years apart. Yeah. Um, and, you know, gosh, I mean, that, that was an epic run. It, 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 you know, two years later, I mean, LSU, we, we still believe they could do it again, you know? So, um, I, I don't know. I, I would, I would probably call that period the best, but, and, but now, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting in the sense, like it, it's new beginnings for the saints, right? You got Dennis Allen. Mm-hmm. It's new be- and it's new beginnings for LSU with Brian Kelly. And while Willie Green is now entering his second year, so he's not a rookie coach anymore, we, we you know, we, we basically had like less than half of a season with CJ McCollum, and we saw what that became with the playoff run and testing mm-hmm. the Suns in the playoffs, and that was incredible. Mm-hmm. And but like this kind of feels like the first real year now with Willie Green, because like now he actually is getting Zion back, and we're going to get to see what it looks like with him on the court, hopefully with Brandon Ingram. And CJ McCollum, if they can all stay healthy and play a little bit together, like we're going to get a chance to get a taste of that. And so I feel like it's new beginnings in some ways for all three. And there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of excitement. I think LSU is going to maybe take a while to, for that train to leave the station. It might take a while for them to ramp up a little bit. I, I don't know that this is the year. You know, they've got some quarterback stuff to, to straighten out and, you know, they're, they're, they're so some of their younger players. I mean, it's going to take a while to build that. I mean, they, they basically built a one-year transfer team, you know, while they wait for the younger players to come and get developed and, and build, build out classes. So I, I think LSU, while I'm excited about the direction of the program, I would say my expectations are the lowest for them this year, but I think they have the most potential in the future. Uh, but like the Pels, like, do I think they can win a title next year? No, but I'm also not really willing to put limits on them because, like, I know how good Zion can be, and if he's healthy and he's locked in, then could they be a two seed? Could they be a three seed? I think they yeah. could, man. I, they could. Um, but you know, things have to break right with the Saints. It's like, man, I just feel like they're due. I feel like they're due for some luck, and I feel like if there was ever a year where they go on the road and they win some game where we're just at the end where we have a podcast and we are <laughs> laughing our ass, we're laughing our asses off Ralph and we're just saying how the hell did they just win that game yeah. and and how the hell did Jameis just go supernova after the the game I just saw him play in week 16 where the playoffs were on the line and he threw four picks you know <laughs> like like it, I, I i'm just here for it like and i i just feel i can feel it in my bones ralph that it's gonna play out yeah i like like jarvis landry having like three like 400 yards in four playoff games or something ridiculous where we're like you gotta keep jarvis landry you can't let him leave um or, or maybe it's like maybe it's olave kind of sucks all year like we're all kind of super disappointed in olave and you know, it's mostly Michael Thomas and and so like receivers fine because you got some veterans that are playing pretty well. But we're like, man, did we waste that pick on Olave in the first round? And then all of a sudden, the light comes on in the playoffs. No one can guard him, and he's just like Flipper Anderson on what Flipper <laughs> Anderson did to the Saints. 
By the way, I think Flipper Anderson just scored another touchdown. Oh my god, people were people were so mad. The the the, the your anger when you missed about the villains bracket, which by the way. You should subscribe to Saints Happy Hour wherever you get your podcast. And we clipped the villain, the greatest Saints villain bracket. We clicked that, clipped that segment out and play it as individual podcasts. You can listen to them all. Uh, people are angry. Like people, they the people are are arguing that villain is different from Saints Killer, and people are. <laughs> People are passionate about it, not only in our Discord, but like my DMs on Twitter. Uh, it's crazy. The, the 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 Saints villain bracket. I was kind of shaky on it when when Thomas thought of the idea, but it has people freaking uh, fired up. We we love our we love our Saints nostalgia. I think. So uh, we got to, people. I want I want people's thoughts on on where they think it win a title and the the. Here we go. We got Butteridge. Butteridge, who's going to win a title first? The Saints, the Pels, or LSU? Because I know you crunched the tape with the Pelicans, too. Yeah, Pels. Pels. I mean, I want Pels. I'm hoping it's Pels. I want it to be Pels. I mean, what's the, what's the ceiling for the – because it's the, – the one thing about the NBA, it is mm-hmm. – I can't remember the last – I mean, the Lakers are pretty much – the only team that I can think of in the last decade, and they did it in a bubble where they went from not making the playoffs to getting Anthony Davis and winning a title. Like, it was boom. Most of the time in the NBA, you got to put your team together, go to the playoffs, take your lumps, get your heart ripped out, and then you get there. Like, even Michael Jordan, the Pistons, kicked him in the teeth like three straight years, right? So, yeah. so for me, like the Pelicans, like what's their ceiling? You think in the next two years, and especially this year coming up, like what's? I think a title might be out of reach the first year, but like, can they get it done in two years? Yeah, I think right now their ceiling is being in the top six of the Western Conference. I think they are that right. If Zion can play at minimum. I would say 55 games because that, that's more doable. If he, can, if he can play 55 games, that they're going to the uh, playoffs. Not play in, playoffs. They'll, they'll be like the sixth seed or something. I but if with, he pl- yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think with Zion, his entire next five years with the Pelicans is going to be – he just needs to play the right 65 to 70 games. Yeah. Like, well, I'm not even hoping for like 70 games. I think that's asking a lot. Like, even I would say 65 is probably the most I would give him because this with there's so many games and there's just times where you're going, okay, we're going against an opponent that we're clearly better than, and losing does nothing nothing to us. So let's just sit him, give him a rest day, and yeah. have him be on for like like if it's a prime time game against say the Mavericks. I would want him to play versus just some random match against the Orlando Magic at six o'clock. He can he can rest <laughs> that game. That's right. I like it. So you you vote you vote Pell. So Budridge, thank, yeah. thank thanks for joining us. We got CD CD. What what do you have for us uh, tonight? Who's winning? Who's winning the title first? Uh, I think the Saints because you guys made great points earlier about the NFC being weak. 
With the Pels, it's hard to see them winning because it's a lot of stacked teams in the Western Conference coming back next year. Yeah. You you got the Clippers who, who got Kawhi coming back with Paul George. The Warriors are the Warriors. You got the Mavericks, who's pretty good. The Nuggets was getting MPJ and Jamal Murray back. I just feel like with the Saints, like you guys said, it just comes all down to Jameis. We got a defense. They did. They focus on receivers that we were lacking last year. So if Jameis can play good and give us, what, be a top 12 QB, I feel like the Saints got a good chance. Yeah, and remember, too, we don't know where Kevin Durant is going to go. Like, if Kevin Durant would somehow end up in Denver, oh, my God, the West would just be ridiculous. Exactly. You where, know, Whereas, like, you know, and CD, I asked this question uh, specific to Jameis, right? It, it, you know, people say, hey, people were yelling at me saying, hey, he's a top 10 quarterback already. And I was like, I don't believe that. But, like, if he's going to be a top 10 quarterback, which I believe is his ceiling, like he could be like a bottom tier top 10. Somebody's got to fall out of the top 10. But in a general sense, right, if the Saints are going to go far in the NFC, you got to have some teams backslide, right? You know, first of all, you got to have a team. The Saints didn't make the playoff last year, so you got to have an NFC team that, that, didn't that made the playoffs that comes out so like and andrew think about this one i want you to answer this after cd does it who would you say in the nfc is a team that everybody's picking that you're like no that team's gonna that team's gonna not be as good as people think they're gonna backslide i feel like to me i feel like it's the eagles i feel like they got a lot of hype towards them right now and for them they're in the same spot the saints are they got a nice little team but jalen hurts hasn't he really hasn't improved anything to make the Eagles Super Bowl contenders, man. Yeah, I don't – Andrew, I don't understand the Jalen Hurts. Like, they have a bunch of people, KB, that, that joins us a lot for chess, and, like, NFL experts. They really are buying the Jalen Hurts stocks. I don't and, – and maybe I'm a little biased because that playoff game against Tampa was terrible. And even against the Saints, he didn't really throw the ball that well. I, I don't understand the Jalen Hurts – hype or belief in him is that fair andrew do you, do you under you watch the tape do you understand that I, I don't get it either ralph and um i don't know well he, he he tore up the saints pretty good the last two times but i i feel like that was more scheme driven and it was the eagles running the ball that really tore the saints up but yeah i mean he's up and down and, and look this isn't me saying it it's it's i mean it's out there it's how the eagles feel about him i mean and you you read up on the Eagles and the the news that's out there is that this is it for him. Like this is make or break for, for Jalen hurts this year. And, and they're uncertain. I mean, they're, they're kind of half committed to him now, but it's, it's really not all that different from how the saints are committed to Jameis Winston. Like it, it's, it's got to work this year or they're moving on. So I feel like the Eagles like his leadership abilities. I, I think it's a little bit different from like Carson Wentz or, um, maybe like Baker Mayfield in the sense that I do think he's a good dude. Like, I think he's a solid leader. Yeah. I, I, I think he's got a lot of qualities that you like about a quarterback that some other guys that, you know, are maybe better passers or be- do this better. Like, I, I think he has better intangibles that are just critical at that position where if you don't have them, then it's just like it's a non-starter to commit to a guy like that long term. And I just think Wentz, and May- Mayfield, like, they're perfect examples of guys that, like, yeah, they're good enough that, yeah, you might have them for a year or two as your quarterback, 
but you'll never commit to him long term because I, I just don't think they re- garner respect in the locker room. You know, and and you have to be a leader, and you have to have all these guys follow you. You know, to be the to, and Teddy Bridgewater looked like for all of his shortcomings. I think the Saints went five and zero largely because they wanted to play harder for him. That's right. They like they loved him so much that you saw everyone in that building raise their level of play when Drew was out and Teddy was in at quarterback. And I don't think it was so much about what Teddy was doing on the field. I think it was about what he was doing off the field in the locker room. You know, those guys were all in on playing with him. So I think Jalen Hurts has a little bit of those qualities, but I just don't. I don't see it, man. Like when he played the Saints, even in, in games where they were winning, like I just I've never seen Hertz make the plays that you want to see that you see out of Mahomes, even that you see out of Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, some of these superstar quarterbacks. I, Hertz is doing Russell Wilson, like all those guys. You don't really see Hertz making those throws. Yeah, CD, CD, thanks for joining us. I have to say this. I've said it before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my flag in it. Uh, and, and Jay, we're, we'll go to you in a second. Um, my guy that I think is gonna decline, Andrew. I'm all in, and I know it's burned people in the past. Everybody, this is gonna be it for Tom Brady. This is gonna be the decline. He's gonna stay one year too long. The Bucks are going to decline, and the Bucks aren't going to make the playoffs. It has to end at some point. And the thing is, people will forget if I say that Tom – like, people will never forget that I wasn't 100% committed to Jameis, and if Jameis ends up being a top-five quarterback, my mentions on Twitter will never stop people just pulling up receipts and saying you didn't believe in Jameis 100%. But if I say now, I think Tom Brady's going to get old and washed – and it doesn't work out. No one will remember it. But if I hit it, I can remind people. That's my thing. I think Tampa, I think Tampa's going to slide back. I think Green Bay is going to slide back, but the NFC North is terrible. Uh, so that's my prediction. I think Tampa is going to fall behind the Saints, and the Saints are going to win the South. Jay, who's winning a title first? The Saints, Pels, or LSU? Yeah, you know, I got I got, I got, got the Saints, bro. I'm all in. I'm a boys. Always have been. Always will be. You know, I'm not a. I used to be a big baller for basketball, and I just I used to watch it a lot and play a lot. And you know, I respect the Pels, dude. I'm not a Pels fan. Uh, I'm actually a Thunder fan, so I got no room to talk anymore. But <laughs> I just don't feel like the Thunder really are. A, they they are laundering money. Yeah, they're, they're not even bad. a basketball team. They're some sort of criminal yeah. organization. They just acquire the picks and sell. I don't know what they're doing. They have like 900 yeah, know, first dude. round picks. Um, I don't know what they're doing. It's interesting, but it's not. They're not trying to win basketball games. Yeah, dude, it's a tough life, but uh, yeah, dude. I just, I mean, I don't know about the Pels. Like, I respect McCollum, Ingram, and Zion, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I was just this feeling that there's just so much hype behind Zion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he did amazing. Don't get me wrong. When he played, he was so good. But I just feel like that team isn't equally there yet. They will be in the future. They got a lot of young talent, but. The Saints, like you guys said, dude, Jameis, you know, I was like, I'm sold on Jameis, dude, but this ACL injury has really got me worrying each day. So we're just going to have to see. 
Well, I mean, I think you know, I think I think the, the, the injuries with the Saints. You know, you, Jay, you got Jameis, you got Michael Thomas. You just have to watch it and hope that it's progressing. Michael Thomas is progressing along. Doctor Thomas told us, "Look, we want to see videos of him cutting." We saw it. It was gentle cuts, nothing, nothing sharp yet. But it was, he played a video. I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago where. He had videos of him cutting. So I think I think Jameis, the main thing with Jameis as far as a fan that you can look for, Jay, and Andrew, you jump in is wrong because we're not doctors. But my main thing is as long as Jameis doesn't have any setbacks, you know, they may, they'll have days probably where they're like, hey, he didn't, pro- he didn't practice for precaution on the knee. As long as he doesn't have any setback and they're like, oh, he's going to see Dr. Andrews or he's going to see a, his specialist. As long as he doesn't have that in camp – It's fine. Saints Happy Hour needs your support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com. But Andrew, I have a question before we get to... But, but Ralph, I, I, yeah, I'm with you in the sense that I don't think um, it, it's terrifying because... And Jay, thanks for joining us, by the way. But but uh, I don't I don't find that injury terrifying because I I just watched Teddy Bridgewater come back from a knee injury that was a million times worse. That's right. And if it and if it was Alvin Kamara and he was a, played running back, or if it was Lattimore and he was a corner, yeah, sure, I'd be worried. But I just feel like at the quarterback position, especially when you talk about Jameis, a quarterback where mobility is. Maybe not like his greatest asset. I mean, and look, he, he was pretty escape. He, his escapability in the pocket was actually pretty nice last year. That was like an underrated, surprising element to his game that really caught me off guard. He and, was and a was good part, scrambler, part, and he was good, yeah. and it was comical every time he did it. It's successful. Yeah. He, I, I don't even he know. Looked, how to he looked a little weird running, but like he I mean, he, he 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 looked a little spastic, but like it worked. It worked, and, and you know the weight that he lost obviously helped with that. But you know, I, the bottom line is I, I'm not too worried about Jameis's knee. It's more like with Jameis, it's more like in between the years. You know, it's more. I I, I really I I think Sean Payton did a good job stripping him of the mistakes. I mean, he really did play mistake free football for the most part in all of his starts. And so now it's like building up from there. And now, now, now that he's got the playmakers and he can throw to Olave, mm-hmm. he can throw to Landry, he can throw to Thomas, like, will he be able to make the plays? Obviously, he's going to ramp up the risk a little bit, but can he still keep the turnovers down to where he's being really effective? So that's going to be the evolution for him with the Saints. And we'll see if he can do it. But to me, that's more between the years than it is the knee. I'm not, I'm not so much worried about that. Yeah. Uh, but. But you know, I just want to answer that question real quick. I think it's the Packers. I, I just don't, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is a year older, and I just think when you lose Devonte Adams and then you don't spend a first round pick on a receiver to replace him, like I, I think that's a big deal. I think people are discounting. Yeah, and I, I'm going to say the same thing with the Chiefs. 
losing Tyreek Hill. When you lose Tyreek Hill and you lose Devontae Adams, and by the way, they also lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So, like, their whole receiving crew is, like, kind of being revamped in, in Green Bay. Yeah. Like, I just think Rodgers is going to be throwing in new dudes. And I, I just think people just assume the Packers are always going to be there. But, like, man, I'm telling you, that that's a weaky, a leaky roof right now. That's a weak foundation. And I think they're like, if Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers, like, let's say he tore his ACL and was out for the year, I think the Packers are a five and 12 team at best. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, at best. Yeah. Where, where I think if God forbid something happened to Jameis, I don't think the Saints, they wouldn't be, they won't be a playoff, they won't be a Super Bowl team. They probably, 90% of the time they won't be a playoff team, but like Dal- Andy Dalton will get him to like seven and 10. Yeah. You know? uh, I agree. The, the po- Here's my question before we get to freaking about football. And I want you to answer this too, freaking about football. Andrew, how much of your saints optimism is based upon you look around the NFC and you, and, and we talked about it, this podcast that we're like, there, there's no any great teams. There's a path for the Saints to get to the Super Bowl. How much of your optimism for the Saints is, is built on that? Whereas if they were in the a AFC, lot. if we were in the AFC, I would say, ugh. I mean, the roster's good, but ugh. I have to say, like, probably 35, 40% of my optimism is I look around the NFC. A lot. A lot is based on that. Now, the thing that I can't account for is, like, who are going to be the major needle movers? Like, you see what Justin Jefferson did for the Minnesota That's offense. Right. Or I'm, I'm picking on LSU receivers here, but, like, you saw with Jamar Chase, like, how he transformed yeah. the Bengals. So, like, what I don't know is or, – or, 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 you know, even a running back. Uh, sorry, I'm blanking on the dude with the Colts. What's his name? Um, uh, Jonathan did, Taylor. Yeah, which is what Jonathan Taylor did to buoy that offense, right? So, like – and I know the Colts just barely missed the playoffs last year, but, like, offensively, you know, they were really special mm-hmm. mostly because of him. So – I, I just feel like what we can account for is there's probably, and they might be rookies, they might be second year players, whatever, but like there's two or three guys that I can't account for right now that are going to blow up in the NFC. And it, I mean, just like all pro level guys that I can't foresee right now. And that might mean, you know, the, the Washington commanders, like maybe they have that guy and then all of a sudden they're relevant. Or, you know, they dominate the NFC East because it's a weaker division. Or, you know, maybe it's some dude on the Lions. And all of a sudden, like, the Packers regress. The Bears are terrible. Uh, the Vikings are kind of a 9-8 and eight kind of team. And then all of a sudden, when Detroit is in first yeah. place, and you're like, well, what's going on? So I, what I can't account for is these NFL superstars that blossom out of nowhere. And you don't know when it's going to hit. And and it it, yeah. complete, it can completely change the yeah. best teams. And I look at the Rams. I, I, I think the Rams offensive line has gone backwards big time. I think Odell Beckham was a huge addition for him. And I think he, replacing him with Allen Robinson, I think, is a step backwards. They lost Vaughn Miller. You know, and, and when I talk about the offensive line, Austin Corbett and, and Andrew Whitworth are both gone. So, like, I think the Rams – are a worse team and we've talked about like they don't have depth so like it's all gonna come to roost if like if cooper cup goes down matt stafford goes down if jalen ramsey goes down like they just don't have the depth where like they've been fortunate with injuries 
But, like, I just think injuries wreck that team maybe more than others. So the Rams, I think, are, are maybe maybe they've taken a step backwards. San Francisco is one of the better teams in the division, but, like, this whole Garoppolo-Trey Lance thing, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of confused. Their like, offensive if, line if, is a hot mess, too. And, and, like, look, if Trey Lance is the guy and then he's a bust, then all of the, they went all in on him. Yes, so right. that, 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 they, that, you know, then, then you start like pointing the finger at the coach and the decision, the decisions that Shanahan made. So, you know, I, I talked about green Bay already. And, and then you talked about Tampa with Brady and like, could this be the year where finally he starts to regress? Um, then maybe is, but I just think when you look at the Packers going backwards, when you look at the Rams going backwards, I look at the Saints and I just look at their receiving crew and I, I, I think the Saints are one of the few teams that somehow actually got better. And yeah, I don't know, man. Like, and, and part of it getting better, obviously, is getting guys like Michael Thomas and Will Lutz back and we're going to have to mm-hmm. see how good they play. Hopefully they can be back to normal form. But I, I, to answer your question, I think it's huge. I think that's a huge piece you, of the puzzle. I, I And again, I go back to I feel like the Saints are due because – it's like the Tennessee with T. Martin scenario. That's yeah, the right. analogy yeah. where it's like they may not be the strongest Saints team ever, but maybe it's like the stars are aligning just right for them to make a run. Yeah, it's like uh, people that are Game of Thrones fan. They had the line in Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. What you want, if you're a Saints fan, I believe you want massive chaos in the NFC. You want a bunch of these teams regressing. You want new teams like the Saints popping in. And you want the NFC to be in the playoffs, kind of like last year when the AFC, where, yeah, you had Kansas City and, yeah, you had Buffalo, but you had Tennessee just kind of pop in there. You want that in the NFC. But freaking about football, you've been waiting a while. You, you got disconnected. You came back in. Saints, Pels, LSU, who's winning the title first? Uh, Well, for the, I think it's the Saints because I think, they have the best shot this year. Ask me in a year. I think it's the Pels because, yeah. But um, you uh, but yeah, I think it's the Saints this year because the NFC's weak and the NFL like crazy, crazy shit happens all the every week in the playoffs. Like we saw last year's playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of my Saints confidence is on like that the NFC is really weak. Uh, just because like even when like the the last year's Rams team was a lot better than this year's Rams team, and I remember watching last year's Rams going into the playoffs and even in the playoffs, and I was never like, "Oh, this team's just so good." Like I was like, "Yeah, but I mean, like they should have lost to the 49ers if a yeah. safety can catch an interception." They they really almost threw the game away against the Bengals, and, and, and the Aaron Donald took over. Like. Yeah. Like I never thought the Rams are like this, like super. Like I, the 2018 Rams are better than that team, I think. Even because like golf was playing out of his mind that one year, and um, but like I, I just think this, uh, I think like that's a lot of my optimism is that the Saints are going to get in the playoffs. They might get in like either as a wild card or like three or four seed, and then suddenly like all this crazy stuff happens and Jameis is completing 40% of his passes and somehow we're winning because the defense is sh- shutting down everybody. Yeah, and and Andrew, the one thing is that I think previews for team, you know, as as team, I like the Mina Collins podcast and she's previewing every division and they do, I think they do a better job of it with 
talking about depth and talking about injuries. But really, football, because of the way it's structured, and it's only 17 games, but the Monday injury report swings seasons every freaking week. And really, you just hope it's not the Saints, right? We don't care. Just anybody but the Saints. But every Monday... You got Adam Schefter tweeting out so-and-so, blew out a knee. You know, Buffalo's got to get a new corner. Buffalo's got to get a new right tackle. Kansas City, you know, Miami, Tariq Hill pulled the hamstring or whatever. And that's just such a huge component that I've really come I've really come to that conclusion. And the thing that, that got me to it, Andrew, is between 2017 and 2020, the Saints had the best roster top to bottom in the NFC and NFL all four years. Injuries got him into playoffs. But like the 2018 and 2019 scenes, there was literally nothing that could have happened that would have stopped them from winning 10 games. That's how deep they were. But I look around, there ain't nobody like that in the NFC. You just pick off one, two guys, boom, it all falls apart. And I would put the Saints in there too. Like, and that to me is the most exciting thing about this. Like, it just, on on your excitement scale, I haven't been this excited about a Saints season since going into 2018. I know how it ended. Look, we won't get into that. But I'm incredibly excited for this year, Andrew. Where does this where does this season kind of rank on your excitement? Well, that's that's the most typical Ralph thing ever, prisoner of the moment. Um, <laughs> I, I think you I think you have said that on our podcast every year for the last twelve years. No, that, that, I don't. No, think this year really, no, really, guys. Is. This year it's the one. It's just seriously. I, I know I said that last year, but I this talked year, myself into I Bobby really Williams at defensive yeah. tackle. It's true. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So look, uh, you have talked yourself into much worse than Jameis. So I'll, I'll put it that way. But I, uh, I'm excited. I'm always excited, man. I'm, I'm never not excited, you know. And I do think they have a shot. I mean, I think it would be different if I said this team has no shot. Like they're not good enough. Like they're yeah. they're not going to have a winning record. Like we're playing for draft picks. I, I've rooted for those teams. I, I've watched yeah. those teams. It, it, it's a helpless feeling. It sucks. It sucks going into the season knowing it's hopeless and that you know that your best case scenario is that you have a couple guys that show out that are maybe like promising for the future. Because because here's the thing: like with football, no no next year is promised. Like with the yeah. way injuries are, and like you you can't yeah. count on a guy from one guy. Yeah. I, I, I've seen guys like. You know, I going back into the past, like Ruben Mays, Chuck Muncy, like you, we we had we I've seen running backs through the rookie year rush for well over a thousand yards. And oh, we lost Andrew there for a second, I think. No, he's he's he was going to say the Saints have have those in, running back injuries in '87. The Saints had Ruben Mays, Dalton Hilliard, Mel Gray, Barry Word. They were all awesome, and within three years, they were all injured and gone, except for Dalton Hilliard. So, um. That's the point. The other thing that I want to talk about, hopefully Andrew can get back, is as I'm listening to this podcast, and thanks to everybody for joining us and, and, and giving us your opinion who wins, I think this podcast has sort of clarified to me 
why the nerds and the pundits saying the Saints shouldn't have been aggressive and they shouldn't have got a first-round pick. I think having this podcast has clarified it for me in that what Andrew just said, you don't know about next year. Why would the freaking Saints coming off four division titles in five years and going nine and eight with all their injuries, why would they tear it down? Why would you rebuild? For who? For what? If you're winning like the Saints are winning, you don't take a step back. You don't try to rebuild. You go all in and do it. The Saints aren't Atlanta, who hadn't been to the playoffs since 2017, and it was clearly time to rip it up, right? So I think this is clearly clarified for me. I'm happy the Saints are winning. I'm happy they're going for it. And I hope you guys are as excited as we are about the Saints, about the Pelicans, about LSU. It's going to be, I think, an amazing year for two of the three, uh, the Saints and the Pels. LSU football, eh, we'll see. Brian, like, but, but like Andrew said, uh, Brian Kelly will get that back on. But guys, thanks for joining us. Please, if you aren't a patron, please consider supporting the show and becoming a patron. I promise you, the $7 you'll spend every month to get this podcast every day will be the best $7 you spend all football season. It's going to be freaking amazing. We cover the Saints. We have more fun. You get in the Discord channel. And by the way, join us live, Port Orleans, September 16th, Friday, before the Saints Bucks. We'll get you ready for the Saints kicking Tom Brady in the teeth again. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, and we will see you again tomorrow. Today's episode of Saints Happy Hour is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They are here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. Go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and type in at sportsdrink, spelled sports drink without the vowels. That's S P R T S. D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.